0: The R&B Solutionist Thinking podcast series for the creative minds with a passion for possibility. Hosted by Bruce Whitfield. Today's solutionist thinker is Dr. Aisha Pandal. She is the co-founder and chief executive of Sweep South. She is an award-winning scientist. She got her PhD in genetics from UCT. And when she graduated in 2012, she did it twice in one day. Not only was she conferred with a PhD, but she also received a diploma from the Graduate School of Business and Associate Management Program. People,
1: first and foremost, need access to work. Sweep South, when we built the business, was something that hadn't existed before. It has now given 11,000 people, who 70% of whom were not working at all, 30% of whom were underemployed, so were not making ends meet. And we've given that many people access to opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't have had. And so what we're trying to build, and my personal legacy is about trying to give people access to dignified working opportunities.
0: I'm Bruce Whitfield, and you're listening to RMB Solutionist Thinking. You come from a, a long line of underachievers, do you? you <laughs> yeah,
1: no pressure at all
0: in my life, just definitely coasting. Um, the, the, <laughs> how did it happen that you were getting your PhD and a, a business qualifications at the same time, on the same day, from the same institution? Did you, just, did you have spare time?
1: No, actually not at all. So, um I was doing a PhD in science. I'm very passionate about science. I love I love the process of discovery. I love asking questions. And I was focusing on gene therapy at the time. My thesis was focused on gene therapy for hereditary blindness, and I loved what I was doing, but I started to ask myself um in my early 20s about what my how my work would align to what South Africa needed from young people and I felt like myself sitting in a lab doing research on something that is fascinating but affects you know 20-30 thousand people in South Africa um, was not the best place for me to be applying my energy and my potential Um, and so I thought business was somewhere that probably would work a bit better I felt like you know you start businesses you can um, grow economies and so that's where I wanted to to study a bit of business I I knew nothing about business at the time Um, I remember doing my first uh, marketing class at UCT's Graduate School of Business and thinking what is this I I, I had absolutely no idea Um, and so I yeah set about to try and find out a bit more about the business world Um, and hopefully at the time, the thinking was to use that to, to bring about a bit more positive impact. Um, it was completely by chance that I ended up graduating from both wow. on the same day. Made a nice little story. though.
0: It's a good conversation starter. Yeah. When it comes to creating Sweep South, mm. I mean, great businesses are started by people who identify a problem yeah. and then create the solution to the problem. Yeah. You went on holiday yeah. and you suddenly found yourself with a need.
1: So, um, working as a, as a management consultant post doing, um, the business studies, I didn't like being an employee and so resigned from my job without having any backup. And so we're sitting at home thinking about different business ideas. And our helper told us with very short notice that she needed to go away on holiday. We had a four-year-old daughter at the time. I had family who were coming to stay with us. Uh, We were trying to figure out what we were going to do with our lives. And so we thought, you know, we can't be trying to clean up after everyone. We needed help. And so that process and trying to find someone short term to help us was the kind of early evolution of Sweep South. And so we had two years prior taken a lift ride in San Francisco and we liked the idea of technology connecting two sides of a marketplace together. And we thought if we could use technology, if we could build a platform that connected busy people like ourselves with the many domestic workers in South Africa who are looking for work, then we would actually be trying to solve problems that really matter in this country.
0: Um, What year is this? 20? This is
1: 2013,
0: end of 2013. Uh, And 2013, the world's a different place. I mean, today we take Lyft for granted, we take Uber for granted, we take Airbnb for granted because that is now normal in 2012, 2013. It was the most remote thing. Yep. Smartphones were smart. There weren't that many of them. Yep. And and they were expensive. Very expensive.
1: So my co-founder is my husband, Alan, who's our CTO. And he's the, I suppose, I'm the business-oriented person. He's now the, you are. He's yes, the, now. yes <laughs> now I am. Yeah. After all of that. And he's the, I mean, he's a visionary. So he's, you know, he's really the sort of person who um, he was building apps before the App Store existed. He's always been passionate about building things. And our thinking was that technology should be a way to level the playing field. So we felt like that the world was going to move towards all of these things becoming more accessible. But yeah, in 2013, 2014, it was expensive to get a smartphone. When we launched Sweep South, we had to put up surety to get smartphones for every domestic worker who joined the platform. Luckily, we were right in our predictions Mm -hmm. that, you know, that these things would become cheaper and more accessible. Um, But that certainly wasn't the case back then.
0: How did you spread the word? How did you spread the word to people who were unfamiliar with this idea of the smartphone, who were in need of employment, vulnerable in some cases, maybe not entirely trusting?
1: So initially, we had let our domestic worker, when she came back, our helper at home, uh, know about what we were trying to build. And she told a couple of people in the neighborhood. And that's actually the bulk of the marketing that we've done even to date around Sweep South. So, you know, over four and a half years, the network effects have been so strong that we've put virtually nothing into marketing on that side. Um, and it speaks to reason. So you've got a million registered domestic workers in the country. Um, you have high unemployment rates. You have communities that are very close and speak to each other. You're sitting, you know, with 10 other people on a taxi and talking about work opportunities. So there wasn't much that we needed to do on that side where we really had to put a lot of workers into the customer side. Uh, in the early days of starting Sweep South people were not familiar and not yet comfortable with online payments. Um, you know, there was the the thinking that this was a scam. Uh, you know, is this is someone really going to show up? Do enough people have credit cards to be able to make online bookings and for this to be a sustainable industry in the country? E-commerce, is it going to take off? So a lot of our work was on that side and actually trying to convince people that we weren't a scam and that there was actually someone who was going to show up after you make a booking on the platform.
0: In the same way as when you hit the Uber app, a car will show up, there will be a photograph, there will be somebody with a grading um, and that person will be paid, Uber will get its cut. The concept is eerily similar.
1: It is. So some of it was influenced by Uber, some of it not it's not the same model as Uber. So the majority of our business isn't, we're not actually an on-demand business, um, although it feels like it and because of, you know, because it's a tech platform, it, it feels like it is. But actually if you think about domestic work and the way it works in South Africa and in many other similar markets, uh, there's a relationship. I don't have a relationship with my Uber driver apart from the 5 to 20 minutes that I'm in the car. And then I don't mind who the next Uber driver is who comes and picks me up. This is very different. The Uber um,
0: driver is not driving into your garage.
1: Exactly. And, yeah. and parking there and then coming into your house yeah. and sitting at your tables mm. this is different this is someone who's coming into your home your personal space who needs to know your preferences within your home um, who's going to come again who hopefully there'll be continuity so they'll you know do different jobs on different weeks and uh, have different tasks on different weeks so we had to build the platform differently from uber in that we had to cater for relationships and for repeat booking there's a network like uber has but we wanted to to focus on the sweepstar side of things also so as a customer we wanted to make sure that you're also being rated and that other customers are or other sweep stars will be able to see what your ratings are and there's there's
0: there's an the element of choice on both sides yeah of the relationship.
1: yeah but also you know you you have to watch how you behave as a customer right there's there's accountability as well which isn't something that traditionally has been a feature of the domestic work industry in South no. Africa as an individual homeowner you can treat your domestic work in a particular way and there may be repercussions but other domestic workers aren't necessarily going to find out about that and make decisions about whether they want to work at your home or not based on
0: that. How do you ensure that you keep getting paid? Because once I might sort of look for one of your sweepstars, your sweepstar yeah. comes into my home and I go, Wow, you're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you come and stay with us? And he has a full time job for you and Asia yeah. and sweep south lose out on yeah. future revenues how do you protect yourself
1: so there are two things i mean the one is that we we use a carrot approach so for us there has to be enough value for both a customer and a sweepstar uh, to stay on the platform so it can't just be about the the earnings which is a big it's a big value add you know the fact that uh, you are firstly going to get paid when when we say you're going to get paid um you're going to get paid at good rates and those rates are guaranteed um, but over and above that, we wanted to make sure that you know there are additional things. So the scale of the platform, we now have 11,000 domestic workers who've worked with us. That means that we can go to partners um, and we can talk about collaboration. And those are partners also who wouldn't necessarily have been able to um, – to fuel their business models without partners like us. So we go to an insurance provider, for example, and we say, look, we have 11,000 domestic workers. We would like you to provide free life and disability insurance. We know that a lot of these women are mothers, are single mothers. A lot of them are primary breadwinners. They need income protection for their families. And so we'd be able to negotiate something like that, which we have done, free of charge to domestic workers to sweep stars on the platform. You know, those are things that are that you don't, again, typically mm. find with a domestic worker employer uh, relationship. And then on the employer side, uh, on the the customer side, um, we provide guarantees. So I've never, outside of Sweep South, done a criminal background check on a domestic worker who's come into my home. Um, it's we have a very easy mechanism for people to provide constant feedback, so through ratings. Um if there is an issue, we have a team who takes care of it. So all of those are, again, value adds over and above just the, the linking of the two sides together. And I think that's important because otherwise, as you say, people are completely free to, to mm. go and have a private relationship and we wouldn't have a sustainable business.
0: Some criticism over levels of pay. Yeah. Um, at least one story where somebody complained that they weren't paid in the world yeah. of social media. These things do yeah. get amplified yeah. quite substantially. Yeah. Is it possible for me as a domestic worker to come onto your platform to go and do a job and not be paid?
1: So it is if you have incorrect bank details or if you haven't given us banking details uh, or if something's gone wrong from a system point of view. It's not possible for our system not to pay you for work that you've done.
0: Um, money is not then being, it's, you're not the conduit for the money. No,
1: no. So so it's, I mean, it's going through our platform, but mm. it's all systematized. It's not being leaked back to Sweep South or whatever the case is. It's, um, yeah, we wouldn't be able to handle, we're doing over 40,000 bookings a month. We wouldn't be able to manually handle 40, you know, 40 plus thousand payments. So it's all systematized and and it's all, you know, ledgered. And so if anyone does miss a payment for whatever reason, as soon as that issue is sorted out, that that payment goes into the correct bank account.
0: And what about payment rates? I mean, South Africa, the history of domestic work in South Africa is one often associated with abuse, with very low rates of pay, with contributing to South Africa's inequality crisis.
1: Well, the reality is that wages aren't as high as they should be in South Africa. And I, I don't think that we currently have the economy to sustain what I would call a living or decent wage. And particularly in the domestic work industry, you have very, very high fragmentation. So people don't know what constitutes a good wage for domestic workers Um, and also there's a there's a lot of discrepancy between what people are paid on the lower and higher end. Where we're satisfied is that we know that we're paying above what an average middle-class South African is paying in an urban area and in some cases sweepstars are getting paid double that.
0: If I was a domestic worker working five days a week on your platform Uh, for eight hours a day. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's a proper full-time job. So on average, job.
1: you're earning about three thousand five hundred rand a month. We have sweep stars who are earning up to eight thousand rand a month on the platform. Um, so and and that compared to South Africa's minimum wage for domestic mm. workers is about one thousand five hundred one thousand six hundred rand a month. Um, in rural areas, in urban areas, it's about two thousand six hundred rand a month. On average, in an area like Greenpoint or Santon or um, you know, in a, in an upper middle class area, people are paying around three thousand rand a month.
0: It's astonishing that people think that they can sustain a life, yeah, yep. on that sort of level.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So um, you know, the women who are doing this work are are mothers. They are single mothers. They, on average, have three dependents. So this is a at least four person household, and are sustaining all of these people on four thousand rand, three thousand rand a month. Um, fortunately, many people do have social grants and we've obviously polled our, our sweep stars. But, yeah, it's an incredibly low amount. Um, and, you know, I think our part of our work is to try and push that up. We had a, a rate increase earlier last year, which increased sweepstar rates by 18 percent. But, yeah, there's pushback. And, and we'd started off the platform at, I think, 50 rand an hour, had absolutely no business, had to decrease that to 38 rand per hour. And we're now sort of incrementally trying to work our way back to the initial rates.
0: Your great-grandfather was one of the people who dropped the Freedom Charter. How does this fit in with the Freedom Charter philosophy?
1: Sweeps out's broader vision. I think people first and foremost need access to work i think they need free access to work i think if you're able to and if you have skills that you can provide i think you have the right to to earn for those skills and then i think the next stage of that is to to earn what we would call a living wage or a decent wage but i think you know family history and where that ties in is just around impact and Sweep South, when we built the business, was something that hadn't existed before, has now given 11,000 people, who 70% of whom were not working at all, 30% of whom were underemployed, so were not making ends meet. And we've given that many people access to opportunities that they otherwise wouldn't have had. And so what we're trying to build and my personal legacy is... Is about trying to give people access to dignified working
0: opportunities. And how many jobs have you created in the creation of Sweep South?
1: Apart from the eleven thousand, we've our in-house team is is uh, forty people. We have two. No, we have more than two. We have three former Sweep stars who've joined the team. Uh, two in our operations team. One as a junior developer outside of that network what excites me and what excites alan and what excites the team is the opportunities outside of that so you have these beautiful stories we had a sweep star who because of the flexibility of the platform was studying for a law degree Uh, she completed her degree at the end of last year and um you know the story went public and i think one of her customers um Tweeted about the fact that she'd finished a law degree and then she now has access to um, interviews from law firms. People are interested to find out if they can speak to her and if she wants to do articles with them. And without having those open networks, those stories don't necessarily get out. So I think, you know, there's obviously the sweepstars, there's sweepstar families, there's our immediate team. But um, I think the power of these networks that speak to each other and are open and share information, um, I think that's where the beauty of the platform and where the opportunities outside of just the work that's been done in homes lies.
0: So often politicians would like people to believe that domestic work is demeaning. You talk about it as deeply empowering.
1: Well, I think it should give you opportunities to be more than if you would like. I don't I mean, I don't think any form of work where you feel like your dignity is protected and where you have agency is demeaning. Um, If you have the power to say, I would like to do it this way and I would not like to do it that way, that's not demeaning. Being able to earn for yourself is not demeaning. I think what is demeaning and what's a shame in South Africa is the fact that we have so many people who don't have access to work and who can't make a living for themselves and who have to go cap in hand every month to get money from the government and who don't have Opportunities to uplift themselves above that. I think the most depressing thing about um, our country, and I think it will be the most depressing thing if people become hopeless and they don't feel like there are opportunities. So what I think is is um, is great about what we're doing and important about what we're doing is yes, the domestic work, but the access to opportunities over and above that.
0: This has taken you. About as far away from your PhD as you could possibly get. The mum and Dad said, "Pay back the money."
1: Um, no, so fortunately, I was a good student by the time I was a, I was a graduate student, and so I had—I was on scholarships, and so—and and that was the agreement with them also, is that if I wasn't going to work after doing a grad after graduating, I'd—I would have to um, perform well and get scholarships. So there's no money to pay back at this point. I think, yeah, initially it was very hard for them to see that I'd gone from something that was um, academic and cerebral to to something that in their minds in the early stages was essentially a domestic work company. <laughs> but I think they've seen the impact that we've had and they've seen the impact that we've had on our team and, and um, on other people. And they've seen, you know, some of the media and how we've been able to inspire other young people who want to start technology companies. Um, we're in the minority as a woman-led and woman-run tech company in South Africa, internationally as well. Um, and so I think they got to a point where, they were just resigned to the fact that, that this is what we wanted to do. Um, and I think yeah, I always say, so my mom was quite opposed to us starting the business. And, you know, we cashed in our pension and sold the house uh, eventually uh, to fund the business. And obviously, they weren't happy about that. And um, in, I think, 2015, 2016, we, we were on the cover of Forbes. And I think that's when my mom said, OK, fine, <laughs> this is actually not that bad. Maybe this is going somewhere. Someone else, you know, who's reputable. you think they're going to have to work. <laughs> for the rest of my
0: life, exactly, to these exactly kids. to
1: support these children. Yeah, we're just you know <laughs> resigning from jobs at a whim. So,
0: is it scalable? When you look at it, does it go beyond South Africa's borders? Yeah. Because it answers a need yeah. in so many economies yeah. where. There is great levels of inequality.
1: Yeah, so absolutely. I think um, other markets that are attractive for us are places where there are high levels of inequality, where there are many people who are unskilled, who are unemployed, who are looking for work opportunities and who through technology may be given opportunities to upskill themselves um, I also think there's a lot of scale in South Africa so we work with domestic workers currently but you know if you drive in Joburg near any sort of boulders warehouse or any you know, Tyler's yeah, on it, call exactly, Bricklayer's on you call s- you yeah. see these people who are standing outside who are trying to advertise their services And um, there's the opportunity for Sweep South to connect those people to to earnings opportunities as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of scale, both both within the country, but also
0: internationally. But it answers our deepest need and our deepest need is dignity. Yeah,
1: it's to feel like you're adding value. Um, I think that's what everyone wants. I I remember watching an interview uh, where Oprah was talking about her career and she said every single person that she's interviewed after that interview asks, how did I do? Um, we all want to know that we're adding value, that we've done a good job. And so I think this speaks to that need.
0: The amazing story of Sweep South, our solutionist thinker, is a Dr. Well, she doesn't call herself that anymore because <laughs> she's not that anymore, Aisha Pandor. She is the co founder, the chief executive of Sweep South. RB, solutionist thinking. For more on this series, visit
1: 702.co.za.